something you have to go try. Go show up and practice it and get that experience because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow into it. Uh, and very quickly, you'll find out like, cool, this is for me or either it's not for me and you got to not to be too cheesy with the sports analogies, but then you got to pivot, right? If it's if you don't feel like it's for you, or if there's something that doesn't sit well with you. So I just take confidence and show up and garner the experience. No one can take that away from you. Welcome back to She Goat, the podcast that's all about celebrating women in sports who are absolutely killing it on and off the court. Thanks for being here. And for this second episode, we have a very special guest. Her story is very inspiring. Okay, maybe I should stop repeating this word, but she is an inspiration. Joining us today is Megan Perry. She's a former D1 basketball player. She turned into broadcaster. She worked in the media industry. She turned into entrepreneur and she's now a sport executive. So Megan spent eight years in the WNBA presence office and she was also a basketball analyst covering games on CBS Sports Network. Recently, she launched Megan Perry Consulting. That's a career counseling platform for women and minorities who are interested in navigating the sports landscape. She is now director of basketball at Athletes Unlimited. And Athletes Unlimited is a women's professional sports league in the US and has a focus on basketball, softball, volleyball, and lacrosse. What? Yes. Exactly. I liked her story because she built her career combining so many different roles and embracing her multi-passionate nature. And she really reinvented herself many times. And as a fellow multi-passionate human, I'm generally interested in knowing more about her experience. Um, her story also sparked my curiosity um, in the context of post-athlete life. So a lot of multi-passionate people struggle with finding a career that fits them because they have such a wide range of interests. So sometimes it can be hard to narrow down a specific career since there are so many choices out there. In this episode, we will dive deep into the world of being multi-passionate and how to switch gears into different industry. Megan is here to share her insights on the power of approaching new challenges. So hi, Megan. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the invitation to do this, um, you know, and I love what you're doing with your platform. So thank I so am much. excited to talk with you. Yeah, thank you course. so much and welcome and thanks for being here. So I when I read your story, I read your bio, I was super inspired already by reading you transition okay. from being a D1 basketball player to an executive role at the WNBA. You yeah. worked in media and broadcasting, CBS, SPN, and now you are a sport executive at Athletes Unlimited. So, um, so Athletes Unlimited is a professional women's sports league for basketball, softball, lacrosse, and volleyball. And beyond your roles, you also have your own consulting firm. It's giving high achiever and it's giving <laughs> multi-passionate and I am so inspired. So you reinvented yourself many, many times and you transitioned, you pivoted in different industries. I am someone who is multi-passionate and I'm curious to hear your perspective. So what type of skills and mindset helped you navigating career transition and also discover new paths? 
well first can I just say even before I get to the question that's like the kindest introduction and I um, am so aligned with you <laughs> and your you. platform and um, I, I, I am motivated by, by like people like yourself who understand and see and embrace the fact that like women are multi-talented and that you do not have to be I have a family member that tells me like you're not a tree. You can move. If you don't like it, change it. Or if you just want to change it, change it. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. have, I have embraced that throughout my career. So I appreciate the recognition with that and celebration um, of that. That is super kind. Um, so I had to get that off my chest. So when I think about um, my the beginning of my career, I, I recognized very early that um, I had many passions and I had a great mentor that shared with me early on that um, sometimes you have to figure out what you don't want to do <laughs> to figure out what it is that you really do like doing and what lights your soul on fire. And I was very, very, I would say, you know, when preparation meets opportunity, good things happen. Um, me, my whole life, I've been invested in basketball. Basketball has been, as I always say, this common thread in my journey where um, it continues to expose me to so many different types of people and experiences and the possibilities really um, in life. And I've trusted that along the way. And so uh, I think what's kind of helped me embrace the fact that, you know, when I finished playing college basketball and decided, okay, I'm going to put down my sneakers. I, don't get it twisted. I, like everyone else, had this what I call athletic identity crisis because it was like, who am I outside of this? Like I'm used to going to the gym and touching a basketball every day and like getting direction um, from people telling me what to do, having my day scheduled. Like I, I knew exactly what my responsibilities were. And then all of a sudden you graduate and you're like, oh, no one's telling me my, my responsibilities. It's up to me to figure it out. Um, and so I trusted the guidance and leadership of those around me. I was literally like looking for examples of well, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be like? And I started following those people and emulating those people and had the open mindset of let me try, right? Try as much as I can. And in the process, it's okay if I decide it's not for me, if I'm not the best at it. Um, through this process, I will figure out what the right thing is for me. And um, I would probably say I'm still on the journey <laughs> to figure it out. I've definitely narrowed it down um, and funneled it down um, but I think every day is still kind of this exploration process of like, you know, like, am I good at this? Is this exactly where I should be? Or like, is there something else over here? I think that's a constant pulling tug, but it's, um, it's really being open to um, what people call failure, but I don't call it failure. It's like, it's lessons, being open to the lessons and the journey that's going to wind back and forth, but having, um, having some core sets of values um, and overall, I guess, clarity on like the vision and, and somehow like you keep that part clear you'll get there <laughs> I love it and I love how you frame it so about failure it's not failure and it's like it, it might sound even cliche what I'm saying but is is the fail fast and fail often so always question yourself and it's like oh is this what I really want to do is this is what I like and I will try even if I fail I don't care is this gonna take me closer to my passion or to who I want to be and what I want to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It absolutely has. And, and I'll say like in my own journey, I um, right, right as soon as I graduated from college, I had an opportunity, a rare opportunity, which I feel super blessed to, um, to work at the, at the NBA and within the WNBA, um, you know, league office family. Um, but my first couple months there, I was trying to 
figure things out, right? I'm like, what is it to work in sports business? I always said, always said I wanted to be a GM of a professional women's sports team. I want to work in basketball. And I thought, <laughs> kind of naively so, that as soon as I graduated, in my mind, I had this like almost like three-year plan of like, great, I'm going to the NBA and you know, I'm gonna show them that. I'm the person and I need to be elevated. I was, I was super ambitious, but what I dismissed was like, Megan, you know, nothing. You had to learn the business and it wasn't easy to learn the business. I had to learn about sponsorship and ticket sales and, um, you know, like how, how team business thrives and, and how different markets operate. And that was, that's separate of the entire, like the game itself. Um, but just understanding the foundations of sports business is where I learned like, oh, I thought that's what I wanted to do, but actually not really. I'm glad I got that foundation. But after three years, I realized really where I want to be is close to the game and to the athletes. And I had the opportunity to transition um, internally from the NBA side, the business side to the WNBA basketball operations and player relations um, side of the business where I got to see and touch and feel the game and develop relationships with the players also while being able to learn and grow the business savvy around the game. And so that's just an example of like coming out thinking you know everything, but being open to learning and and open to the idea that like, oh, you don't know, but you got to find out. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And it's like the beginner's mindset. Always keep the beginner's mindset and the growth mindset of I want to learn. And it it, it reminds me now um, this TV series that is Zwogger, I think is the name on Apple TV uh, that was produced by Kevin Durant and is about this kid that is uh, a basketball player. And there is a scene, if I'm not wrong, it, the coach say to the kid, a lot of kids know how to bowl, but can you learn? Can you actually get better? And mm. this is also something that I, of course, am not a podcaster, but what I'm telling myself is like, I can learn, I can get better because I want to get better. So I think that is exactly what you said is an important part. And um, I have another question for you. So you really irradiate, I don't know if this is a word, but I think it's an English word, irradiate, emanate yeah. confidence and wow. stories like yours really have the power to create a um, spilling over effect, like a ripple effect and motivate others and while i i believe that confidence is not something that goes that grows overnight and is more like a muscle but i think that there are maybe some small scale and actionable habits that we can kind of use to rewire our brain and uh, change our our thoughts and become more confident so i don't know practice repetition is like compounding effect and consistency so i'm curious to know all along your journey what were or what are some of your confidence boosting habits? Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, and thank you. You're sharing so much, so much love. I appreciate it. I, I very much so I'll say one first, I'm a woman of faith. Um, and so, you know, for me, for me, I have a lot of confidence in my, that my steps are ordered and that God has a plan that I just don't know about it, but he has a plan for me. Um, so I take a lot of confidence and stock in that. Uh, but in addition to that, what um, what I see for myself and for others is that confidence comes from experience. And so the only way to get experience is to get out there and to show up and to do it. <laughs> and, and especially in sports, um, you, you have to be present uh, in order to be able to, to grow and to learn and to garner that experience. And so 
a lot of times I am trying new things and I go into it nervous, just like anyone else, right? Second guessing myself, like, okay, do I have, you know, do I have what I'm supposed to have? And um, just, just every little aspect I'm, I'm constantly evaluating, but it all goes back to the foundation, honestly, of my faith and trusting that whatever is before me, God has prepared me and equipped me with the tools that I need to be able to, to move forward, but also then trusting my own skill set. So that's something that sports taught me when you, you know, early on um, in my career, I got in the gym and it was like, okay, if you want to be good at something, you practice it. So learn how to bounce the ball, learn how to do a spin move, learn how to use your left, left hand and finish on the left side and make those layups, right? Like all these little things build over time. And I was able to translate a lot of that into, you know, from the court into the day-to-day as, as a broadcaster, as a sports executive, as a mom, right? All these things. Um, knowing that if I don't know, then you have to go try, go show up and practice it and get that experience because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow into it. Uh, and very quickly you'll find out like, cool, this is for me, or either it's not for me and you got to not to be too cheesy with the sports analogies, but then you got to pivot, right? If it's, if you don't feel like it's for you, or if there's something that doesn't sit well with you. So I just take confidence and um, knowing that there is already a foundation that's laid, but that if you do the work, if you show up and garner the experience, no one can take that away from you, right? There's lessons that are learned by showing up and being involved and engaged that nothing else can teach you. And so along the way, over time, you build confidence and you grow because your experiences grow. And that's um, that's kind of what sticks with me. That sticks with me as I um, move through spaces, um, and, and start, you know, start to do new things as well. It's the experience. And if I don't have it, I'll tell you, I'm really quick to go to a person that does have it, right. To identify those that I see as leaders in that space and go figure it out. And guess what? Like they were there too once, right. So don't be intimidated by the fact that, oh gosh, like this person seems super high achieving and I just, they're amazing. Yes, they are amazing. And yes, they are super high achieving, but they didn't start there. Everyone has two, you know, got two legs, put your pants on the same way. You got to put one foot in <laughs> the other and start someplace. Um, and sometimes when I'm second guessing myself, I remind myself of that. They weren't always there. They started somewhere. So don't hesitate to get started. So true. And I, I, had, mm-hmm. I had to meditate because it was, I could relate so much with what you, you were saying. So we can be sometimes intimidated by 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 people by high achiever like successful uh however we define success we can be intimidated but as you said everyone started somewhere and mm-hmm. so you know start somewhere wherever you are and and you will get eventually where you want to go and- absolutely absolutely and i like what you're doing with your platform podcast and i have to tell you you are a podcaster you're doing it <laughs> so you. don't let anyone tell you any anything else like it's like excuse me are you podcasting no okay I have this one over here so you're, you, you are doing it so keep moving with confidence I'm like okay exactly even if like execution is not perfect uh matter of fact uh, is like it is not perfect but I don't want this to stop the progress and I'd rather like get this right. out and still have a small impact but mm-hmm. still you know do something and give my contribution to to women's sports and talking about women's sports you've been in women's basketball your whole life and you said that nothing fires you up more than amplifying women's sports Mm -hmm. can you think of a specific moment where you witnessed that the game was growing so where you were like oh my god this is happening uh 
and of course we didn't even reach out re reach the full potential in terms of fan engagement viewership sponsor but the women's sports is getting more and more attention not only basketball but all all, all type of sports and is is really interesting to also for, to have your perspective as you work in broadcasting and so i was wondering if you had this aha moment or it was more uh, a journey yeah it's, it's wild i've been in been in basketball my whole life as you said but when I think about the growth and landscape of women's sports it's something that it's been a journey right the growth of it and there there isn't one moment but there are these little key moments that happen over time where you kind of realize okay wow what we've been hoping for talking about within the women's sports community for you know as long as I've been in it for 20 years 20 years ago now we're seeing the fruit of that labor, which is so inspiring. And there were little things years ago where, um, you know, when I was working at the WNBA at the league office, if I had to mention the player's name um, or if I had to mention the team name, I felt like I had to explain, right? Like, what is the WNBA? They'd be like, oh, it's a, there's a, a women's NBA. And I'd be like, kind of, but not really. It's called the WNBA. And, you know, we were founded in 1997. The first player was that I had to educate the audience. And I would say about 10 years ago is when it became, I'm not educating. People already had maybe their own opinion of it, but I no longer had to inform people of who we are and why we're here. Um, that that was a growth moment for me. There was a little moment where I can recall um, there was a player uh, that had a young son and raised the son around the game. Like, you know, whenever she's in the gym, he was in the gym around teammates. And I love that community aspect um, of basketball specifically, but I know it extends across other sports now because we have more moms um, that are professional, professional athletes. And but this this kid that had to be no more than like five to six years old said, wait, mom, we were at, we were at I think we were in Madison Square Garden. Um, and that's where the New York Liberty play. And so the kid said, wait, mom, you mean, she took him to a men's game. She, he was like, you mean the men, the men play here too? Like, this is this, no, 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 this is <laughs> so-and-so's court. And like his concept, right? Like it, of basketball started with like female athletes, right? Like, and that's something that wasn't the case years and years ago that we have young boys growing up expecting and it's part of the norm in the world that they live in where female athletes are competing at a high level to the point that they think that like frankly like the women own the arena and that they are that they are the main event where they haven't been but they are becoming that that was a key moment for me where I kind of went like okay like things are starting to change and and I'll even say most recently what I'm thrilled with is you know I can be in my own little world of basketball and so major events around um, the, you know, the final four and WNBA draft and finals and all-star, those are all key events on my calendar. Uh, but this past year, I was very well aware of the women's final four, the coverage that that got, um, and the rivalry, I think now that exists between Iowa women's basketball, South Carolina, LSU, um, that was so good for the game because for the first time I would go traveling places and I get in, let's say I get in an Uber, I'm in a car and the driver's like, you know, what do you do? And what do you focus on? And I could say, oh, women's basketball. And then they go, oh, did you see that game? Or how about that game? And how about that player? Oh, she's so good. 
it is casual conversation, not just like, you know, the industry experts that are having conversations about the growth of women's sports. Um, and that to me is a sign of major growth that we're part of mainstream conversation. And that makes me smile. <laughs> that makes me smile on the yeah. inside when I, when I can have those mainstream conversations. It is magical, even with the Women World Cup and, of course, with mm -hmm. basketball, everything. It's like it's happening and it's just uh, scratching the surface. And plus, you saw also the evolution from the broadcasting lens because uh, mm, yeah. broadcasting in traditional media, let's say television, and then you saw also the all the evolution with the digital media, social media, and yeah. also how brands are leveraging those platforms to create maybe more engagement, immersive experience. I'm thinking about live streaming or behind the scenes, fan-generated content. So it's an exciting time for women's sports. It is so exciting because I have to say, it's like the world is finally catching up. Um, when I was um, working at Sports Innovation Lab, um, I, I spent some time there really digging into the fan engagement and how the fans of women's sports operate differently from the rest of the casual sports fans, if you will, or, to, or what people think of as the traditional sports fan. Um, and I was so captivated because Sports Innovation Lab, we wrote this report called the Fan Project Report, and it pretty much captured everything that people in women's sports have known and kind of felt for a long time, but put hardcore data behind it. And one of the things that the report talked about was um, the idea of fluid fandom and the idea that women's fans of women's sports, um, they are fans of the athletes. They are fans of the storytelling around their games and competitions. They are fans that have existed and they are super engaged. They are not your traditional sports fans. People go, well, how many butts are in the seat? Who's in the arena? They're not engaged. Like, no, no, no. You're counting the wrong things and we're comparing the wrong scales. Fans of women's sports are highly engaged. They're in these digital communities, having these conversations um, across these landscapes that we've been a part of for a long, long time and the rest of the world seems to be just catching up and finding out. And I think, honestly, COVID put a big highlight on how engaged and active fans of women's sports are because other sports leagues and people were trying to figure out like, well, how do I access my favorite athletes? And how do we watch the games? And it's not available on this major platform. We like, we've been forced into these little digital communities for a long time. So we kind of know how to operate in that. And the rest of the world is just catching up now. Like we, We've been doing that. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of sit back and I, I smile slightly because uh, I have seen the growth of it from these smaller digital communities to now these mainstream linear platforms. And the conversation I'll even tell you when working um, and, and telling the stories of these athletes, the familiarity of people that I'm even working alongside, that has grown, their investment. They're not just coming to like read a media guide and to spew a couple facts off paper. They are now vested in the stories of these women. And that's that's how you get people tied in and roped in. And so it's growing actively every day. And I can even see it from the broadcast booth. Exactly. Like we want to know more stories. We want to see the behind the scenes. We have people, people want content. We want content. We want to mm -hmm see the human behind we want to see the yep. athlete but we want to what's what's your story what's your background so say one more absolutely. thing to that, and I love that listen I could talk forever about this but I'll tell you one of the things that really excited me about um getting involved in broadcast because I had no broadcasting background like I did not go to school for bro sports broadcasting I actually went for sports marketing and management um and it was kind of crazy for me to when I when I left the WNBA I left 
um, you know, I took some time to slow down and I wanted to start my family, but I also had this itch to tell the stories of these female athletes. I wanted to remain close to the game. And I always felt like um, these women are so dynamic and people don't understand just how dynamic they are. And I wanted to do my part. I always say, if anyone gives me a microphone, like I want to do my part to amplify their stories. I want to, to be able to elevate who they are as these full women that are so awesome and doing so much. And so um, that's really what got me into broadcasting and that's and I know and I really know in my heart and soul I need some data to back this up but that's what is going to move the needle and shift things for the rest of the women's um, sports landscape as we go forward like getting people to buy into the stories of how dynamic these women are that's the most impressive thing um, and I think we'll keep people coming back. What I'm thinking now uh, something similar, the reason why I decided to start this and I wanted to have a platform to tell those stories is mm -hmm. because I remember seeing on YouTube uh, the platform Together, the, you yeah. Know, yeah, launched by Subword, and I was like, wow, you said storytelling. So what are those stories behind, behind the other? So it's very inspiring also to listen to your uh, broadcasting uh, inside. And then from broadcasting, you transitioned and you became an entrepreneur. So you have your full-time role in corporate and you are in the realm of entrepreneurship. And you, you, your consulting firm, um, you advise your clients to progress in their careers and have more visibility and presence in their professional environment. And I'm wondering, so it started, I guess, with an idea, with a dream. Uh, how did you go from having an idea to executing and create that vision, manifest your dream. So how did you turn your thoughts into action for your consulting firm? Oh, wow. So I was a great question. And so I, I'm so impressed by the research that you've done, by the way. I'm like, you really do understand my story. And um, I, so when I um, moved on from the WNBA, that was back in 2016, and I made uh, a shift, just a personal shift. My family and I moved to Miami, Florida, where we reside now. Um, and I did something that's so unorthodox. Most, you know, you, you look up to high achieving women and you think that they always just keep going, keep going, keep going and achieving. And to be quite honest, I thought to myself, like, I can't keep this pace. Let me take a pause. I need a time out and let me figure out like what's next because I, I did it differently. Like most people spend most of their career in life trying to figure out, well, how do I get to, if it's in basketball, you're like, how do I get to the NBA? How do I get to the WNBA? Like it is the peak of professional women's and men's basketball, but I started there. So then it's weird if you start there and you're kind of like, okay, well, what else, what else could I do? Uh, and it's kind of backwards. So I literally took time to pause. I took a year to like really recalibrate and go, all right, what is it that I enjoy? What are my passions? And what do I want to give? I just needed time to think. And a lot of people just keep going and you don't give yourself time to pause and to think. And so I was fortunate to be able to do that. Um, and during that time, I discovered that I care a lot about women. I care a lot about women in sports and I care a lot about figuring out how to amplify them and their experiences organically. And through me kind of thinking about that, I started thinking about, well, what do people always like ask me about? Like, what's the opportunity and what do I do with this? Um, 
as I would travel around and about and talk to different people, people would always ask me like, well, how did sports influence your success, you know, as an executive or like, you know, you're in a lot of like male dominated environments and like, how do you move through that? How do you find success there? And long story short, I kind of packaged all that and went, oh my goodness, there's an opportunity to use my experiences in sports and help translate that into what everyday women, right, are facing all, all the time. And I care a lot about helping that. I want to help others that, you know, are in situations that probably I've been in before, but like share with them, like, what have I done that could help them? And so out of that came, um, it started as She Inspires Sports was the name that I had. And then I was like, okay, not necessarily that's too narrow, but Megan Perry Consulting. Um, and it started with organic conversation where I was talking with people that were um, that were trying to figure out how to navigate the corporate landscape. And I was giving them tips and tricks and it evolved because I had also garnered some broadcasting and communications, um, like I guess training experience at that time. And a lot of that applied to how people like present themselves and talk about themselves in these spaces, their professional spaces. And so I just kind of combined all those things organically um, and shared authentically how I can help women with how they tell their story. And, and that's really how Megan Perry Consulting evolved. And I was able to kind of grow that um, through that. So I still, I do some of that um, kind of in my spare time now. I want to always keep that platform alive. I can't spend as much time on it as I did in years past, but it came out of pausing, thinking about how I can organically um, move and contribute to something that that moves me, to be quite honest. Thank you so much for sharing. Appreciate your time. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I'm so glad we met. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. We spoke about so many different things. We spoke about embracing your multi-passionate nature, pivoting into new industries, we spoke about storytelling. We spoke about women's sports, of course. I had fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Hit follow, share the love, share this episode with your friends. And thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining us. And stay inspired, stay multi-passionate and keep exploring.